0: So hi, Welcome to Good Noise podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm Mike
1: from Pianos Become the Tease.
0: And we're asking some questions say, about their new album, Drift. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the album so far?
1: Uh, it's been awesome so far. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, every time you put out a new record, you kind of are waiting kind of on pins and needles to see what people think about what or where you're going as a band or... Especially with this record, I feel like, you know, we really tried to stretch ourselves beyond just being kind of the band that we were before and, you know, really trying to explore a lot different Sonics and things like that. So the response has been great, though. I mean, we can't really ask for a better uh, fan base that's been really accepting of kind of all the left turns we've taken them through. So this has been a, a really good, a good, uh, good response so far. That's awesome. Very
2: happy to hear that. Album I, Bang.
1: Yeah, I oh, really, yeah. really you. enjoyed this record like a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you
1: so much. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Uh so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art?
1: Um, so um especially with the title, it kind of took some time to with most of our records, I think lyrically stuff starts piecing together and start like kind of a puzzle starts coming together. Um, about midway through, halfway through, or something like that, and we were writing a bunch, and it seemed like um, a lot of the record kind of had this fever dream kind of quality to it, and it fe- it felt as though that like a lot of the, um, a lot of the songs kind of bled into each other, a lot of the lyrics kind of feature these ideas of kind of kind of floating drifting a lot of imagery that way and i don't know this record was kind of like really early on we kind of got that title almost right away and was like Mm -hmm. oh this this feels right and a lot of the Mm -hmm. song started falling into place it felt that like felt that way um and especially with the artwork our buddy august he's actually done every album cover we've done and um he and our other guitar player chad his wife would also be doing all the photographs for it but this go around we kind of wanted to do something that was a bit more designed something that felt a bit more um catching like right off the bat Mm -hmm. and it really also didn't feel like a record that felt like a photo should represent it so kyle Mm -hmm. and i kind of thought we were kind of spitballing ideas and we had these idea of like these lines that kind of distorted at some point within the, like within the album cover itself. And I wanted something that had this like continuity to the whole thing. Like if you open up the gatefold of the record, you can see the lines run the whole way, but there's like one little like blip that, um, you know, kind of shows movement within the lines. And it's not saying that there's any, super dark hidden meaning or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But I think uh, we really wanted something to where it had this like continuity and then an interrupt in the continuity. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of took on a life of its own when August started putting it together. And a lot of it now can kind of be interpreted in ways that we didn't necessarily initially mean it to. But like Mm -hmm. Kyle had brought up a good point where if you look at the album cover, it also kind of looks like two people underneath a sheet, like in a bed. Mm -hmm. And it, it really you know works well with the album cover or the album content lyrics and stuff like that so um once we saw what august was working on for that it it became pretty apparent that this was going to be um the album cover it felt really right i think mm-hmm. the hardest thing was trying to choose color and like what it was going to look like but we knew we wanted something super vibrant and big so um yeah this is definitely the most like bright album cover we've ever done as a band especially for the album probably being the darkest of our albums too so Mm -hmm. um yeah it was just something that really wanted something that was designed something kind of striking and timeless with our record covers i just never want something that's like you can look at it and know it came out at a certain time like i want to be able to look at it and know that it you know could live on forever you know way past us so absolutely
0: (laughs) and On the topic of like the album titles, do you guys always kind of have that epiphany during your writing process of like, this is going to be the album title or was this like a a unique scenario?
1: Kind of. Yeah. I think some of them come at different times, like our very first record, I don't think we really named until like it was just done. It was all totally done. All the song names were done. And then Kyle, Kyle's usually the one that comes up with the title or at least a few ranges of titles that we all then talk about. Like, oh, this feels right, this feels wrong, or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, for the most part, it ends up being um Kyle coming up with a few ideas that kind of lyrically the that'll tie in everything somewhat lyrically, mm-hmm. so um, the fact that drift was kind of peppered throughout the whole record, there's a lot of nuance- like a lot of callbacks to songs previously on like the record, there's a lot of shared lyrics, a lot of shared stuff, and when we were going through kind of just the continuity of the record and how it was sequenced and how it felt. It was like, yeah, this is kind of the word that seems to be standing out both sonically as well as lyrically. And, and it just, it just felt right. It was, this yeah. is one. this was probably the earliest one that we got that was like, yeah, this, this feels like it's going to be the the title.
0: All right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, most of the writing process for our band is that we will um, come up kind of with, well, Chad and I playing guitar, um, we'll come up with a riff of something, bring it some everybody, and then we'll put it together and then pull it apart, put it together, pull it apart, and just keep doing it until we get to a place to where everybody's happy with the song. But this record was a little bit different. I feel like we started trying to come up with, um, like, for example, the opening track on the record, Out of Sight, that actually started as just like a uh, this weird loop that chad made that was a random generate generating loop that you would basically pick um you'd pick a key of something and then basically choose the kind of the division of the beat and you know what the sound was going to be and it would basically create this random generating loop out of that so he came up with this idea and we started toying around with this generation it was like oh this is really cool um, I don't know how we're going to make this fit, though and we actually came up that actually was an idea back in like two thousand seventeen that he had that he that he had sent, and I always kept it because I knew at some point we were going to be able to do something really cool with it, and there was just something really striking about it when he sent it sent it over so this record was a lot of trying to um not necessarily not do the writing process that we would do before but i feel like really attempting to kind of throw every idea out there whether it's a weird random generating loop or a weird percussion thing that david would come up with or kyle would have a vocal idea that would be like oh that'd be kind of cool to manipulate this and then write around that so i think really this record um and i've said this a bunch like throughout the the kind of process of it is I feel like it needs to be ingested as like one big piece. Cause I Mm -hmm. feel like most of the songs, I mean, there's songs obviously on there that are, you know, guitar driven or drum driven or things like that. But I feel like as a whole, the record itself is just kind of its own piece. Like it's this one big piece that kind of was a puzzle that we had to put together ourselves to figuring out what songs were going to be more guitar driven or what songs would be, um, you know, all vocals and we'll just kind of pepper in something that makes sense to be the the support for that. So it was pretty, it was similar to what we did before, but I mean, uh, we also got to go away to my uncle's house for a while. He has a a house that's kind of in the middle of the woods in uh, Baysy, Virginia. And um, it's this beautiful old cabin uh, from the seventies that it's all round. The whole top of it has like these glass windows. Just look into the woods and we would just stay there for a week and kind of eat, breathe and write music. I mean, that was like the only thing that we did. We'd wake up, make breakfast, talk about demos, write all day, make lunch, talk about demos, rewrite, write them, go out, you know, make dinner. And this, you know, at the height of kind of COVID when there wasn't really, you know, there wasn't a ton of stuff that was like open or like Mm -hmm. restaurants, stuff like that. So We were kind of just left to our own devices for, you know, a few, you know, a week at a time here and there and just trying to like build the record that way. So it was definitely a cool process doing that.
0: Hell yeah. I, I definitely agree with you when you kind of said that, like this album is kind of meant to be digested as like one big whole piece. Cause I was like listening Mm -hmm. through some of the singles and I was just kind of sitting here kind of confused and it didn't really click for me until I heard the entire record. yeah That's when (laughs) I was really sold on, on the project as a whole. I was just very confused listening to the singles.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know, I mean, honestly, I feel like at least personally, I feel like, um, I never want to exist in like the lukewarm column for people like I want mm-hmm. people to be able to hear stuff that we do and either just totally not know what to do with it or really love it or want to spend time with it. And like, I feel like we're kind of a polarizing band in a lot of that stuff. Um, and I'm glad that this record seems to be the one that people are able to dive in and, you know, really see it as as the whole that we intended it to be. Oh, yeah,
2: for sure. It actually, it sounds like you guys don't write in the studio. Is that a correct thing to assume? Like, you usually just try to get everything together before you go in, and then it's just kind of like recording? Or do you guys also write in the studio?
1: Well, um, we don't really write in the studio. Um, mm-hmm. We typically try to get the record to be, a, I mean, like 90 to 95% done before we're in the studio, because wow. we're also... For better or for worse, we're also like extreme perfectionists between one another. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of that is, um, yeah, for better or for worse. I mean, I think that we will not do too well sometimes in the studio if like we're just sitting there wasting time with a like, and money. you know, and and that that's the biggest thing. It's not like we, there are times where we can go like an entire day at my uncle's house not writing anything or yeah. not nothing usable anyway. Like we'll come up with riffs and ideas and then there'll be a day where we can write two or three things at a time that just really feels like, Oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, it just feels like the pressure of sitting in the studio doing that is just not a good place for us to do. We have written in the studio before um, yeah. we wrote. Um, there was a song on keep you called traces that we wrote um, in the studio. Like that was something that we put together then, but That's really been the only thing. We've tried to put together some parts here and there in the studio, but not really whole songs. Um, We're just not very good at that. We tried that before, and I think after you know, be in a band for 15 years, it's like, yeah, I, th- I think we've kind of gotten the groove of what we can do and we're just not very good at doing it in the studio.
0: Fair enough, yeah. When bands <laughs> tell us that they write, like, entire records in the studio, I'm like, that completely oh. fascinates me because yeah. holy
1: shit, like, I couldn't yeah. write under no that kind of pressure. I couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, I no. mean, I mean, I guess, well, I take it back. We definitely could, but we just overthink stuff. Yeah. Like, we're, we're we're constantly writing, like, even on this record, we would finish a song and then Somebody would say, like, you know, I don't like the intro. I think we should re-record the entire intro. And like have to reset up all the drums, all the bass and and Lily just to re-record an intro of a song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that just doesn't usually bode too well when you have a like very defined amount of time that you're gonna be in the studio. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: And as you just mentioned, you guys have been a band for quite some time. And you also mentioned that uh, your writing process was a little bit different this time. You guys were just trying out different Mm -hmm. things. Was that just to basically keep it interesting, keep it, you know, basically refresh the entire writing process for you guys?
1: Um, Yes and no. I mean, I think that, um, especially for us as a band now, we're just, you know, we... And I, I know every band and artist and stuff says this, but it's like, we, we really do kind of just write stuff for ourselves. We always want people to t- like, like it, obviously like there's, you know, you don't want people to hate what you do, but like <laughs> yeah. we, we, we really, we really do like, write solely for ourselves. And I think after being a band for so long, it's like, you can only just come to practice with a guitar riff and then put a drum part behind it and then a bass part and then vocals and be like, all right, there it is. So like there it is. we all have, yeah, exactly. It's like that. It, there's there's not like it's not that that's not exciting because that part is exciting too but I think um all of us are also in vastly different like stylistically like the music that we listen to um I think there's a lot different stuff that interests us as artists now between one another you know like Mm -hmm. obviously 10-15 years ago We were all on tour so much together that we all probably had a pretty shared taste of stuff we were listening to and sharing with one another. And you're in the van, so you're always playing something that somebody else is listening. So now that we're kind of you know not on tour as much and not you know doing as much together because you know we're all old, we all have like you know other lives outside the band and things Mm -hmm. like that that we don't get to see each other that often. So Mm -hmm. we're all have kind of experiencing our own life experiences, and that comes with the stuff that we consume, be it art, movies, music, whatever. And I think a lot of those inspirations really have kind of led us into, Oh, I really enjoy this artist right now. I'd love to make something that sounds like this. Like, yeah. um, even on this record, I mean, I was like trying to make, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the artist burial, but I was trying to do like a burial track. Like that was like an all electronic UK garage ish kind of thing that was like, Oh, this would be really cool. Cause that's the kind of stuff I'm super into. And then, yeah. You know kyle's super into like something else so his idea of trying to put a vocal on top of something like that and trying to just share those kind of influences i think really kind of kept it fresh with us writing because you know 10 years ago it would probably have been weird if somebody was like oh i have this idea with this synth part in this because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't normal for us to to do that but now that everybody is just kind of doing their own thing and you know has different interests and stuff i think we try to bring all of those to the table and not let anything be off um kind of off limits like just let everybody do whatever the hell they want and if it sounds cool and we'll use it i mean there's no there's nothing that says oh this doesn't sound like a piano song because in reality i i don't even really know where we fit as a band i don't really know Mm -hmm. we uh, you know we're not a punk band we're not an indie band we're not a hardcore band we're not a you know we're not in anything we just kind of uh, uh, exist yeah. in some in some realm so especially now we have just tried to embrace that kind of genre-less thing that i think we're trying to just build stuff and make stuff that we like
2: for sure and i love hearing that all of you have like different influences and things that you want to bring into music because mm. if you didn't as you mentioned like 10 years ago you guys listen to the same stuff if you still totally, continue yeah. to do that your music, like, respectfully, would have just turned into, like, mush because it would have just T- totally. all sounded the same. So now totally. that you guys have your own influences and you all listen to completely different things, it keeps your music evolving. It keeps you guys growing. I just... That makes me happy to hear that you guys yeah. are like, sticking yourself in a box.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's just not that fun to to just, mm-hmm. like... I mean, there's always going to be, be the people that want us to write another Lack Long After, another Keep You, another Wait yeah. For Love. La- it's like, there's always going to be the people that want those records, but it's like... you you don't want that like what you want is the feeling that you felt when you first heard those records like you're you're nostalgic for something you don't want the band to write the same record you just Mm -hmm. want that feeling back and I could go on forever about that like just kind of uh thing about people you know kind of chasing something that's more of a feeling of nostalgia rather than feeling like You know, you you don't want you want your bands and the things that you do to evolve, but you you want it to like kind of evolve with you and you want Mm -hmm. to be able to have these like kind of emotional feelings every single time you listen to your favorite band. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. But um, I always want to be the artist that's continuing to just challenge, you know, ourselves as a band, as well as like I want to challenge our audience because they're getting older, too. I mean, they're not they're not you know, 18 when we were 18 anymore, like everybody, you know, they're all in their mid thirties as well, early forties. Like these are the people that are also evolving with you. And while some of them probably want, you know, a rehash of the same record over and over, it's like, I don't think that anybody would be excited about that.
0: (laughs) there's also plenty of genres where you can go and get that right exactly <laughs> yes.
1: or you can just go listen to the record that you really loved from the bands that you really love just listen to that like yeah, you don't that's <laughs> still there it's yeah, exactly. still there it didn't go away you know so mm-hmm. um yeah i i'm i'm always for bands evolving i love when a band like especially if a band just like swings for the for the fences and even if it's a miss or a home run or whatever like that attempt to me is like That that's that's all that matters. It's just really wanting to grow. Absolutely.
2: Mm, for Sure. Uh, So speaking of this writing process, was there a track off this album that took longer to write? Uh, And also, do you have a personal favorite?
1: They're both the same answer and it's out of sight. Um,
2: Oh, Okay.
1: Yeah, the opening track of the record was the hardest one to write because I think it's the most um, it's definitely the most kind of out there song for us Mm -hmm. as a band there's not really a guitar part. I mean, it kind of is, but there's not really guitar parts. There's not really one continuity of a vocal part. There's like at least 10 to 15 vocal tracks on that rep, on that song alone. Jesus Christ. Um, there's probably 20 different tracks separate of, of percussion and sounds. And just like, um, There's these weird ambiences of just, like, from my phone when we were recording at my uncle's house when it was raining and all, like, these leaves and stuff that were outside. Like, there's a bunch of ambience that's buried into it. And I think we kind of knew what we wanted it to be, but it took literally years to, like, kind of unlock the, you know, sometimes there's this, like, disconnect between, like, the taste like your taste of something and then your skill set of something. Mm -hmm. And when those things can't match, you're just kind of spinning your wheels, trying to make something and continually trying and trying and trying. And you know that what you hear in your head is not the thing you're producing, Mm -hmm. but you're keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. And it eventually got to a place where we were like, okay, I think this is now the shell of what it should be. And everybody was like, yeah, this sounds great. And then once Zach put a bass part to it, it kind of locked in this whole thing of like, oh, okay, now I can feel where this is supposed to be. And mm-hmm. it literally took years. I mean, it was like a... Uh, a We started the idea of this, of what we could do in like... Yeah, like 2017... Oh, my God. 17, 18, something like that. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, and we spent the better part of those years after that. I get, yeah, I guess 2018, because... Yes. So, yeah, a couple of years of like literally having one little random generating bell sounding riff that mm. I knew could be something cool, but it just took a long time for us to really unlock that. And um, once we got it, it it also completely set the tone for the feeling of the record. Like just, and I'm a big proponent of that where it's just like, when you drop the needle on a record, like that first thing you hear is going to set the tone for everything that happens after that. Yeah, And um, that was one of those moments that when we first heard that it was like, we've never started a record before where it was just Kyle. And then it's just, it's just loneliness for, you know, a while. Mm -hmm. And there's this really wild um, that that we did on a couple of songs in the record where there's this crazy thing where every time that David would kick his kick drum at the end of that song, the entire mix would actually, uh, it's called side chaining, but it's like basically chained to this kick drum. So every time he kicked it, the entire mix would duck out. And it would just go away. So there's this weird like pumping effect that almost feels really disorienting. Um, It's not an easy listen, like when you really like (laughs) listen to it, but when you put on headphones and really start, and it happens the same at the end of mouth too, where it's just like got this pulsating sound that just gets bigger and bigger. And it's almost, yeah, like kind of disorienting to listen to, but um, that was the vibe we wanted to do. And so it took us a really long time to get there. But when we got there, it was like, it, it really paid off.
2: For sure. Oh I was just gonna say ahead. holy shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just gonna say, so basically you had this song going for five years, I'm gonna say, right?
1: Uh, maybe not that long, but okay. at least the riff, like the, the one that Chad sent over initially was yeah, somewhere between 2017, eighteen, somewhere in that in that realm, he sent us the idea and was like, I love this, but I don't know what to do with it yet. And I, yeah. I really, I really am gonna keep revisiting it until until we get there.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's like so from twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, you guys were just trying to build that up and kind of find out what you wanted to do with the song. Around like what year did you kind of see the vision and then everybody was like, Okay, let's go. We got it.
1: Well, we actually wrote almost a whole record and scrapped the whole thing. Oh um, uh, so, like we got whole new beast, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um we had most so okay, so in I'm, man, I'm now trying to think. Okay, so in 2019, in the summer of 2019, mm-hmm. um, we have some friends that owned a studio in Baltimore. Um, this guy, Brian McTernan and Paul Levitt are friends of ours that they've recorded countless bands. I mean, they, um, you know, Brian is responsible for all the, you know, early Circus Survive records and oh. Converge. And Paul did, you know, uh all-time lows gold record you know platinum record stuff like that so they they had a studio that um and they're you know they were friends of ours that were just like hey we're actually not going to be in the studio for like eight weeks and they gave us the keys they were just like have fun record (laughs) like you have use all the gear use the live room whatever just like have fun so we intended on going in and we probably had like maybe 10, 12 ish demos. And the idea was like, Hey, we're going to record this record ourselves. Let's just Mm -hmm. do this. Um, we had all the demos, had the songs done, um, ish. I mean, they weren't totally done, but they were, had a lot of them that, that were songs. Like they were pretty much there. And, um, we went into the studio and started doing like some practicing of stuff and recording and just none of it felt right. And we spent literally eight weeks in there spinning our wheels, had nothing to show for it. And, that winter like that um kind of september 2019 ish we all just were so burnt out Mm -hmm. that we were just like let's uh, let's just scrap all this like we like we spent pretty much right after wait for love up till then writing Mm -hmm. and it was just like none of this feels right and um we just kind of took a break from everything honestly took a break from even like seeing each other, really, I mean, like we didn't really hang out much those times. everybody was busy, everybody had stuff going on. but yeah, we just uh we just didn't didn't feel like it was there, so we scrapped the whole record and honestly didn't know that we were going to write again. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it like, we really needed something to kind of kick us in the ass again, or not even that. I mean, because that's not ever going to help us, but for us, it was like you know we needed to be somewhat inspired or at least have some sort of vision of where we wanted to go and um early 2020 we were just kind of like let's let's try this again like but trying it again means like everybody's ideas come to the table like we got to literally trash everything that we have written before because everybody already now has spent two years with these demos And already knows where they think they should go and how they should be finished. And Mm -hmm. everybody's on a different page about that. So we just need to scrap everything and start new. And so we did. And, um, pretty much by the time we started writing, uh, the first song we finished for the record was the days. And that was like kind of the rock song of the record that we all loved. And was like, this is a great, this is a great song, but the production on it, when we record it, I want it to feel less big and, you know, bright and all that stuff. And wanted to almost sound like, like a my bloody Valentine song or something, like I want it to be super washed out and weird. And by the time we started getting the voice of the record and all of us have like kind of studio setups that we could just toy around with things. You know, we just basically spent time pulling apart all the demos and putting them back together and eventually got to a place where it was just like, okay I think we're in a groove now of writing a lot of weird stuff and yeah. uh, and we had a little call we had this giant whiteboard that we would get through a song and then had a little thing at the end End. it was like is it weird enough and then when we get there mm-hmm. check it off and just be like cool like this is <laughs> we did it this is we did it yeah mm-hmm. so um yeah so I think the best thing we could have done was scrapping that whole record and starting over um yeah put us back by years but this is my favorite record we've ever done as a band. And I don't know if I would have been able to say that had we kept all the earlier demos. Hell yeah.
0: Wow. Sure. Oh
2: my
1: God.
0: <laughs> Didn't expect that can of worms to be open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, it not even yeah,
2: exist. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe those demos will find the light of day one day. But That's, that'd maybe be at some very point. cool.
0: Uh, yes. yeah. So how did the tracklist for this album come about? Did you guys write the opening be the opener, close be a closer, did you shuffle around, see what fits? What was that process like?
1: A lot of shuffling around. Um, mm-hmm the sequencing is on all of our records is super intentional, like really intentional about how, why things are moving into like certain places, why things are, um, why this song follows this song, why this song does this song. So mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily write the opener to be the opener, and the closer to be the closer, but we're pretty good at knowing what those are going to be pretty early on. Like once we write a song, that's like, oh yeah, that's that's the closer of the record. Like we mm-hmm. kind of always know that right as soon as we finish it. And this record was no different pair. As soon as we finished it, was like, yeah, that feels like the way this record should close. Um, it, it, you know, we close a lot of our records with these giant, bombastic, big endings. And it was like, I kind of want to do something that's not that, this record. I want to do something that just kind of drives and just kind of, kind of bring, like the whole record to me feels like as soon as it, as soon as it starts, you're in this like twilight, and then, as soon as the bass comes in on out of sight, mm-hmm. you're taken into like the night and it's you're you're just through this murkiness of a really long, long night until you get to the kind of opening of pair where I feel like you kind of see the sun peeking through, and I feel like that mm-hmm. track felt that way to me, and it just kind of felt the continuity of everything really really kind of had that going for it so Um, yeah, we toyed around with it a bit, but it ended up being kind of, you know, here and there the same, but, um, for the most part, yeah, it ended up being, uh, being a lot of toying around to make sure the center made sense, especially on a record when you have to flip it. Cause that like those two sides are super important, how you're starting and ending each side, at least for me, I don't know how any more with people, attention span and stuff like that. But I mean, for me, it's really important.
0: I respect that you, you, you take that into consideration. Especially oh, yeah. with the age of streaming and everything.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, it's a hard thing to turn off for me. <laughs> fair enough.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record?
1: Yeah. Um, ooh man. Right, what time? Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I think, um, honestly, being away at my uncle's house and just writing with everybody mm-hmm. was some of the best times i've had in my life like in, in in recent memory i i mean it's um we're really lucky as a band that it's like i know a lot of bands get like their friends and stuff like that but i mean like my my band are my best friends like they they are the people that i um i i know no matter what that are on my side they're they've always got my back and i don't get to see them that much anymore just because we all have so much going on you know um Three of our members have kids. Some have, have two kids, or like two kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just life is different in your mid to late 30s than it was when you're, you're late teens, early 20s. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the headspace of creating, it was some of the best time of my life. And then um, by the time that we were mixing and doing art, kind of all of the uh, um, perfectionisms came out um between myself everybody um and there were a lot of days that i wanted to put my head straight through a wall and um but i feel like if it doesn't kind of drive you to that like uh you know what's the point if if you're not like working working to the point of that so Mm -hmm. um for the most part i think my headspace was pretty good i think i just got into the lull that happens in the wintertime after we finally got our we got our master back and listened to the master and i would listen to it non-stop and then we kind of basically had to like you know it it didn't come out for almost a year mm-hmm. so it's like we're holding on to it for so long and then you start listening to the master and thinking like well fuck is anybody like is this is anybody gonna like this yeah. like is this mm-hmm. bad is it good is it like i know i love it but do I love it because like there's just so much second guessing Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. you know the older I get the more I recognize my kind of anxieties and things that um really kind of rear their head at times that's like uh, you know you're you're trying to be as confident about stuff as you can but it's very easy to second guess yourself and Mm -hmm. so I think for the most part my headspace is pretty good but definitely moments where I think all of us were kind of in the uh the lurches with a lot of it and um yeah yeah probably probably for the most part being good but definitely had its moments of of not great
2: (laughs) for sure for sure happy to hear the majority was good though Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely i mean creating is always it's kind of the medicine for me a lot of stuff just to get out of my own head
0: Fair enough uh so how do you recommend your fans to, to listen to this album for the first time should they do it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on is it a workout album party album what do you personally recommend uh,
1: me loud as hell with headphones like <laughs> let's mm-hmm. sit sit down i mean it's a short record it's like less than 40 minutes sit down with some headphones turn it up and i think once you do that you start picking up nuances that you didn't hear before like stuff that's really buried in the record that I'm excited to see over the next couple of years, people start hearing stuff that we put in there that I think has these weird ties to other songs to like Sonics that kind of tie stuff together. There's a lot of really cool little subtleties that I think really just come out the best in headphones. Um, but, um, definitely not a party record unless you want everybody at the house to, you know, be really depressed. But I think, uh, um, it's a, it's a great, uh, headphones record it's a great loud in the car record i think Mm. um yeah i think it can kind of be enjoyed anywhere i think it's just uh you know piecemealing it is something i don't recommend fair enough for sure
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so this one should be super super quick off top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words no more no less
1: Mm. Mm hmm dreamy okay um hazy okay and heavy and i say heavy in the many like it can be kind of interpreted in every sense of that word i think it's a a heavy record sonically at a lot of times even if it's not you know breakdown chugging guitars (laughs) heavy i think like sonically there's a lot of really heavy moments that are really deep Mm -hmm. um and then lyrically, I think it's a very, very heavy record too. Oh, Absolutely.
0: Sure. Yes. Um, so in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through the album?
1: No, I want people to sit and just spend time with it. I want them to develop their own relationship with with what the record should be and what it should sound like. And I want, I want people to kind of spend time with it and create their own relationship because I think that's how you end up finding those records that stick with you for a long time is when you have a personal relationship within that record too. That's fair enough.
2: That's very good. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album?
1: You know, off the, I'll just say off the top of my head, there's this lake called Lake Laura that was right by my uncle's house that David and Chad and I, we, we were the only ones left at the cabin because Kyle and Zach had to go home little early and we were there for like three or four extra days and we took an afternoon where we just took a backpack full of beer and went down to this lake that had paddle paddle boats and Aww. we paid 20 bucks got on a paddle boat and really just like just swam all day and just like listened to music and just hung out together and it, it was that was kind of like the moment too where it's just like we were sitting in the middle of this lake kind of just drifting around, no pun intended, but it really had it really had that feeling where it would like that sitting back and just kind of being alone in this kind of body of water and just nothing happening. You're literally just kind of letting the tide take you, and that that will be forever one of the things that I will just like. It was my probably one of my favorite days we had ever writing, and it was just great to just hang out, be around each other, and just kind of shoot the shit for a while. That's that awesome. Makes me
2: very happy. That sounds like a very very good day.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Um,
0: so picture this: you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice?
1: Oh, Cliff Bar. Um, I'm vegan, so all the all my uh, gas station snacks are very limited. Um, but my go to is usually a Cliff Bar because if I get can't, I used to love candy. Um, I still do, but there's just very few candies I can get anymore. Yeah. But like um cliff bar at least isn't going to make me feel insane because all of us are gonna have like coffee or something in the morning and it's usually on an empty stomach so mm-hmm. if i d- do that and then i have like some sort of sugar like my i like start getting jittery and start feeling insane <laughs> yeah so yeah. a cliff bar at least gives me a little bit of sustenance to hold me hold me through and um even though every g- time i go to the gas station it's like oh cool this is six bucks now it's like insane how much a cliff bar can be but yeah. that's all that's always my choice and if it's at well that's in the morning if it's at night and we stop somewhere that has like a sub station i'll get mm. a sub like a, oh. a veggie sub and then the uh zaps voodoo chips mm. those are those are my go-tos all right that's your, that's your, what,
0: yeah. what's the go-to cliff bar flavor though
1: the peanut butter the nice. crunchy mm. peanut butter one okay. only also because i think it has the highest calories or mm. it like Whereas I know that if I have it, it's gonna hold me until we get to the venue and load in. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's fair. Fair enough. Um, yep. Actually, on the topic of tour, who has the aux in the the car? Because as you mentioned earlier, you all have very different music tastes now. Who yep. who who plays the music?
1: Whoever drive whoever drives. And we have a uh um kind of a rotating list also to where um during the day, it's usually not too hard. Somebody will hop in the driver's seat regardless, like, mm-hmm. during the day. But, you know, we all drink. So, at night, we have to have, like, a designated driver's list to okay. know that, you know, making sure that, you know, we're being safe. And so, during, during the day is kind of the, you're probably going to be driving six hours, between four and six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, most people now, funny enough, it's like most people are putting on podcasts or a book that's how boring we are. Like really? we'll listen to it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then if everybody's doing that, most of the entire rest of the band is in headphones listening to the, to their own shit. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm a, I'm a big like podcast person. Mm-hmm. So I listen to a ton of podcasts. I'm probably the one that annoys everybody the most music taste wise. Cause I'm,
2: say.
1: yeah, I think that's, that's usually my, I'm, I'm way into electronic music. Mm-hmm. Um, Big into like industrial stuff, techno stuff. So usually my taste is like very pulsing, uh, like heavy Oops. industrial stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> typically nobody is like there at ten thirty in the morning, but that's yeah. what they want to listen to. But that's kind of my thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I get it, but um, yeah. It's whoever's driving. They get the they get the van speakers.
2: Wow. Yeah. Because my follow up question was going to be who's the person. That everybody's like, no, 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 don't let him drive. Don't let him drive, uh, because, but, but that's it, you.
1: For years, it was also don't let him drive. Like personally, don't let me drive. Um, but it wasn't <laughs> because I shit you. Know, it wasn't because I was a bad driver. Nobody, mm-hmm. everybody just assumed that I wasn't going to be a good driver. So <laughs> I just, fine. I, I never, I, I don't know. But hey, I mean, it's not like I complain. I didn't have to drive for like I mean, we, yeah, true. You know, we were on tour for there was one tour we did in 2010 that was like 60 plus days. Jeez and Christ I didn't I didn't drive a single one. So oh, there hey, you go. <laughs> it was it was it, it was their fault for not wanting me to drive. Yeah, but exactly. you, um, you had a chauffeur,
2: man.
1: Yep, exactly. So um I was probably the one that was like, don't let him drive. Um but <laughs> mm-hmm. one night I can remember specific we were on tour with Touche More on their headline tour in Texas mm-hmm. and uh, everybody was drinking, and I wasn't and I was like, I guess it's my night to shine like I guess ooh. i have to I have to be the one to drive mm-hmm. and then obviously, I got thrown into the rotation after that and, okay. and and then I think me I think I became probably the one that drove the most um, you had to make up for it so, exactly yeah. exactly so
2: that's good that's good uh so loosely on the topic of food, uh if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be, and why
1: ooh. Mm. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of something that we can all at least enjoy. Okay, well, I at least I'll tell you what comes up at least every tour. Uh, I don't know if this would be us necessarily, but I guess it kind of would be is that Chad and Zach every tour will do like we always call it, it's like the wing, the wing stop tour where they'll mm-hmm. just constantly get wings, man. Every place we go. They get wings like and it's always the hottest thing that the place offers oh my god so
2: So they don't finish all of it
1: oh they do oh they 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 will oh it's no problem like we all love spicy food too so it's like not a problem at all but they it it's it's pretty much wings pretty nonstop. um and then yeah wings and burgers (laughs) and then uh, eventually at that point just being like man i don't feel good but um (laughs) That's yeah. that's that's typically to go to that's typically to go to
0: if you're okay. going to a place that offers wings, I would assume you eat a lot of like beyond meat and impossible yep. meat on the road, yeah,
1: yep, yeah, which is cool with me. I mean, I mean that's cool, I mean it's way easier to do it now than it was you know ten years ago when I was yeah. trying to like yeah like, yeah, it's like when I was trying to tour being vegan in 2011 or 2012 it was like and it was fries for dinner a lot of nights but Mm -hmm. it's gotten way better so i'll take all the beyond stuff they got
0: Oh
2: yeah Yeah, a lot of gas station fruit man
1: (laughs) yep yep Mm. yep
0: um so for the last couple questions we're gonna shift completely away from music and go straight to death row boom so if you're on death row what would your last meal be with a drink
1: oh uh okay a drink is this thing called a Headless Horseman That's at um, This cocktail bar down the road from us It's scotch, yellow, chartreuse, and maraschino liqueur mm. One of my favorite drinks I've ever had, it's incredible That, and then um, and meal Pro- uh, Actually, my Yeah, my favorite meal would probably Be just a killer banh mi Like that is that's uh, That or pho but like i'm a huge like vietnamese food is my favorite kind of food so i'd probably probably do a killer pho or a uh or a a cocktail
2: Mm -hmm. that's very good pick pho is delicious it's one of my favorites as well so good Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live
1: oh damn that's good too um one fictional world for uh, you know. Honestly, my wife and I play Animal Crossing. I'd, oh, I'd yeah. like I'd like to live on our island for a week. Mm-hmm. Our island's pretty pretty awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. A damn Tom Nook. <laughs> I, I to know. Always
1: stealing his damn bells, man. That man. Fucking guy.
0: <laughs> uh, so I have the investing last question, and every single person that we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. Okay. What's your favorite color? Blue. Easy. specific shade of blue
1: um i like um a like not as dark as navy but like maybe one shade brighter than that like that that time when um right when the sun goes like all the way down and Mm -hmm. the sky has that like tinge of it's it's like a blue but it's just almost a black blue but not as dark as navy like Mm -hmm. right in that in between that's my favorite color nice
2: very good color oh Yeah.
1: yeah uh so
0: as i said that's all the questions we have today is there anything that you would like to plug
1: uh i just hope people listen to the record um we're doing um our second leg of this u.s tour come it starts in about a month ish we're starting in la on the west coast um and we're doing a handful of dates out in the west coast handful of dates midwest and northeast so would love to see people come out i know there's a lot of shows going on i know uh there's a lot of stuff that's oversaturated and mm-hmm. everybody's got a million choices of where to go now so i hope people come check it out uh, we trying to put on the best show that we can which i think yeah. we have um and uh yeah just listen to the record hope you dig it listen to it in full and just stick with us i don't think we're gonna go anywhere so hopefully nobody else does either hell yeah all right all right well thank
0: you for style this has been mike from B- pianos become the teeth and we have been the good noise podcast